You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Hey, everyone. Thanks for staying with us over the break. We're glad to be with you this morning. I'm Brandon Clark, joined by... John Clark. John Clark. And we just finished up a... a I, w- I would call it a great conversation, a, a, a tough topic. Necessary. A very necessary, Boy, I tell though. you, the, the resources are amazing. She does some wonderful work. Yeah, and who we're referring to is Hope Ray. She's a licensed counselor who works with betrayal trauma, and uh, specifically in regards to infidelity due to pornography or other sexual behavior. And um, I just want to take a, a quick minute to note that this is a sensitive t- topic, uh, that we're discussing. And so if you do have any younger children in the listening area, like the area of your, your radio, it might be a good time to shut it off if they're not able to leave the room and listen to the podcast later, because we are going to continue with a, a powerful story, but also one that involves pornography after this. Um, the podcast get posted shortly after the show, right? Yeah, yeah. Usually later in the afternoon. Okay for for the uh, podcast and you can find them on realpresenceradio.com or on the Real Presence Radio app. And as I mentioned, we spoke with Hope Ray. She is going to be our guest at Covenant Eyes for a pastor and leader roundtable on Wednesday at 1 p.m. Central Time talking about beyond pornography, the extensions of problematic sexual behavior, especially as technology continues to advance and the different things that the pornographic industry does to utilize that new technology. And so it's going to be a really good discussion. We have a post for that on our Facebook page, Real Presence Radio, where you can find a link and uh, sign up if you would like to be a part of that. It's totally free. It's something that we want to bring to you so that we can provide all the tools you need, um, especially if you're one out there who is struggling with betrayal or infidelity in your marriage. And so we uh, just encourage you to check that out. In studio, we have right now Bill Johnson, who is going to share a little bit about his journey um, and his uh, his work in overcoming his addictions. And uh, so, welcome, Bill. It's nice to have you here. Thank you. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? But before I do that, I'm, this is very quick. It, sure. It's important with my story that uh, on Tuesday at Nativity at six thirty p.m., uh, Men of the Cross will have a meeting. And this has something to do with my recovery, so I wanted people to know about this, that tomorrow, Tuesday, at Nativity Catholic Church at 6.30, Men of the Cross will have a meeting. And uh, I think if you have an issue related to uh, pornography or marital you know, problems or anything like that, this might be very helpful for you to go there. Okay, that's all I want to say about that. Um, about myself, as uh, directly related to this subject, uh, my, in my first marriage, it failed after 10 years. And the reason it failed was because of basically uh, pornography. And that was me. And uh, eventually, the, the woman who I had been married to, uh, she got fed up with it, you know. And, uh, and she uh, filed for divorce, and we got divorced, and, and then it was, I was given a... What do you call it in our church? An annulment. An annulment, right. And, uh, but, but that directly affected that first marriage. It was a, it's what caused the marriage to fall apart. And, and she didn't know anything about it before we got married. And there was no 
process of discerning that. It was just, you just got married, you know. So anyway, I'm, I'm pretty old, incidentally. I'm <laughs> 77 years old. So at any rate, I just wanted to share that. And about myself is I've, I've worked in school systems for a long time in Texas and then up here. And uh, so that's, and, and the, I, I was specialized in using sign language with persons who use sign language. Mm-hmm. And, and that uh, was in, in, in Texas and then up here too. So that's, that's how I, I earned a living. And uh, I met a, a, a wonderful young lady uh, while I was recovering from a lot of this down in Texas. And, and her name was Roberta. And she passed away about 10 years ago. And uh, uh, we eventually got married down there. And then we decided to move up here to, uh, to the Fargo-Moorhead area. And, and, and I've been working with the school systems and stuff. But now I'm retired. And, and w- we had uh, five children together. And they're all grown. Mm. And... Uh, kind of on their own now and well one one is in the seminary the last child and his name is joshua and he's in the seminary in winona now and so he's in his third finishing his third year and and you can pray for him that would probably be good because <laughs> he went to school with my with my son actually. oh very good yeah. and, and and josh is a good guy but he it's a pro- these these guys in the seminary they're kind of discerning where they're going to stay or leave mm-hmm. and all of this you know and but he he's a, he's a he's a fine young man so that's a little bit about myself Thanks for sharing that, Bill. You know, I want to back up a little bit because obviously, you know, your first marriage failed after 10 years, but the addiction probably began long before that. Can you talk a little bit about, because it often happens when we're rather young, your, your first exposure. Oh, I'm ready. I wanted to talk about that. Thank you for bringing it up. My first exposure to this was, I was about 12 years old and, and I went to a Catholic school with sisters and everything. And there were a group of us talking outside, and these guys were talking about pornography. And, that, and I didn't really understand, because I guess I had been shielded from all that. I didn't really understand exactly what they were talking about. Once I found out about it, boy, I had to try this stuff, you know. And, uh, and I got addicted to that stuff. And the way, a long time ago, that what you did was there was the magazines, you know, with the pictures. Yeah. And then there were books that, books that dealt with pornographic subjects that you could find. And the books go way back. They're from the they're books even from the Middle Ages uh, about pornography. You'd be surprised what you can find if you're curious, you know. So that that so that's how that's how I got started, and it just and I just progressed through it. I had a kind of like a hidden life, and as I was growing up, on you know in high school, and and then eventually I had a a, a, a I had kind of like a conversion experience that was almost miraculous and i wound up going into uh the jesuit novitiate but i didn't stay there but about 10 months and then i went then i started college on my own and everything like that but i never really got free of this pornography did you was it was it uh individual or were you said that you were exposed because some of the students were talking about it so was this something that everybody did is that how you looked at it or was this something more internal well i I had issues growing up that didn't have anything with sexuality, and, and I had a lot of fear. And what I found through the, the pornography was it was kind of a break from it. It was mm-hmm. kind of like an alcoholic uses alcohol to make themselves calm, and they can deal with their situation. Well, that's kind of the way pornography was for me. It was a break from these problems. And it was if I needed a, I need a break, so you know that kind of a deal. That's that's how it worked for me. So it, it was really a kind of a 
Oh, I don't know what you call almost it. Almost a crutch, in a sense. Right, right. Or, or it's almost like a drug. Yeah. It's the same kind of a thing, you know. It's a kind of like, you know, you get, you get high on it. Mm-hmm. And, right. and, but it doesn't work. That's the problem. It just doesn't work. You, you think it's going to work, but it doesn't work. Right. And then it, it makes your marriages fail. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's no good. Yeah. It's a no good deal. Bill, you, you mentioned you had kind of a hidden life. Was this something that you felt that you you couldn't come to talk to your parents about? What what, what was the role of that, the the education and sexuality in, in your life growing up? I never told my parents about this. My my I never told my parents. And uh, when I would go to confession, you know, I would tell the priest, well, I did this. And, you know, and they say, well, you know, but it, it wasn't. That didn't stop it. And eventually, I, I reached an age like when I was like in, in college that I just didn't go to confession anymore. I just, you know, I was one of those, you know, how people are dropping away from the church. You know, it was the same kind of a deal. You know, I just, I, I, con, the church and the confession became a kind of an arbitrary thing for me, and I, it wasn't helping me, and that's kind of what I thought, you know. And so I just kind of left and... Um, but and the then pornography I, continued during. That oh time. yes, it continued. There's, pornography continued. Yeah, that was a that was a kind of like your 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 way out for a while. Yeah, and that kind of thing. And so that and that was your first marriage um, really ended because of that. I yeah, mean, it, it, t- it took that much control. Well, the the, re- the way that the way it worked was is uh, that per- I'm not going to use her name. That person was studying to be a doctor during that time, and then she became a doctor, and then she. And, and, you know, we didn't really need to be together, be together because my profession was pretty involved and then hers was. So we just kind of would meet after work at home. And, it, you know, it wasn't really a, there wasn't good communication. And eventually it just got, just completely fell apart. So what was the point where you realized something needed to change? And, and I'll add the second part to this as well is that, Sometimes we can get so into the addiction that we don't realize how enslaved we are until we try to stop and, and find freedom. So what was the moment you realized that you really needed to find help and, and begin the journey to freedom? And what was that experience like in, in the in, enslavement of it? Well, and uh, I got colon cancer in... See, 1979, and we had been married then about seven years. I got colon cancer, and she thought I was going to die, and I thought I was going to die, and they did the surgery, but I didn't die. Good. You know, so, but, <laughs> but that was a kind of a real wake-up call for me. The, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. say, this is nuts, this, this whole thing that's been going on here. And that's, that was kind of a process of, of recovery, being forced to deal with that that issue in my life and the, the the colon cancer and then I I made this I made this deal with God too I, you know how you make bargains with God well I made this deal with God and I said well Lord I, I had some friends that had moved to um, Colorado Springs and there's a place called Pikes Peak up there and there's a trail that goes to the top and I said I said Lord I will walk to the top of a bar trail every summer if uh, if you'll help me not die from colon cancer. And that had a lot to do, I think, with my, the changing my life over to a different way of living. But that was the beginning of it. And Did you find it 
a, a, a big struggle when you really started trying to find freedom from pornography? Did, yeah. it, it wasn't an easy process, I'm well, guessing. I tried everything, but the way I'm at now is that I got into marathoning hmm. and climbing mountains and just about a lot of different kinds of things. And, uh, and, but, and those, they, they were a, a respite from it. But they didn't solve the problem. Because you know, the right. problem was that any time I had something I couldn't really deal with, I got always go to pornography. And pornography, and, uh, and, and I, I was not in a men's group. Yeah. There was, there, I wasn't in anything like that. And that's something we'll talk about later about how being in a men's group uh, helps with, you know, uh, helping each other and being accountable to people like we're, we're talking to each other, you know, and right. being accountable about it, having to look someone in the face and say, this is what's going on. Well, blah, 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 you know, and talk about it and, and see. Right. Yeah, I and do want to, I want to pause you there. We do need to head to a break. So stay with us as we continue to visit with Bill Johnson about how pornography has impacted him. And what we're going to talk about after the break is how this, change in his heart began to lead him to freedom and some of the things that he did in his life that uh, really helped him find the freedom that he experiences today. So stay with us. We'll be back with Real Presence Live. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. For more than 20 years, the University of Mary has watched students thrive through affordable, flexible, and formative online education programs. Now, we are delighted to announce the expansion of these offerings with the robust portfolio of advanced education options created intentionally for the Catholic working professional. Our programs offer accelerated formats with classes beginning every five weeks throughout the year and the potential for a return on your investment in the very first year. Visit us at catholicprofessional.life. Have you been awakened? Has Real Presence Radio impacted your life? Then you'll need to be sure and listen in May 4th through May 7th to our Spring Live Drive. Be on the lookout for our schedule to know when some of your favorite priests, hosts, and guests will all be on during this four-day family reunion. We can't wait to hear from you May 4th through the 7th for our Spring Live Drive. That very, very first time that we talked on the air, I, I felt like I already was being introduced to the faithful of our diocese and to this whole area, which is a great thing because, you know, one of the challenges for a new bishop, an old bishop, any bishop, is to have contact with his people and to be a part of their lives in some way. And Real Presence Radio, from the first day, has helped me to do that. I really feel like I have a way to reach the lives of our Catholic faithful and others as well who just happen to be listening. And that's a real blessing because in a diocese as large as ours, it's hard to get around to every place. I travel all the parishes as much as I can, and yet this is a way that I can reach people that otherwise perhaps I wouldn't be able to visit with. And they get a chance to hear what's on my mind, and through different events that I've participated in on the air, I've heard some of their questions too, which has been a lot of fun. It really is a blessing to me. I feel very fortunate that this network is so alive and so vibrant in our diocese and really in this whole Northern Plains area. It's wonderful. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. 
Hey everyone, thanks for staying with us on Real Presence Life. I am one of your hosts this morning, Brandon Clark. And I, the other, John Clark. And we are visiting with Bill Johnson this morning. So part of my position, um, apart from being a part-time host of Real Presence Live, is I work for Covenant Eyes as a parish support specialist. And so I work in the area of pornography and see the detriments both in my own life of pornography, but then also in in the lives of others as well. And so we are talking with Bill about the impact of pornography on his life. And so I just want to offer this disclaimer here. Um, this is the last segment, and then we'll be heading into different topics. But if you are a young person or you have young people in the room right now, now would be a good time for them to step out of the room, for you to shut off the radio if, uh, if it's not possible to be separated from them and to listen to the podcast. While these topics are very important, they are sensitive in nature, and we don't want to um, have any impact on, on the innocence of, of our young ones um, and... Um, and so if you just want to take a moment to, to bring them out of the room or um, to, to turn it off and listen to the podcast, that would be recommended. So as I mentioned, we're visiting with Bill Johnson this morning, and he is talking about the impact of pornography uh, that it had on um, really the failure of his first marriage uh, and the impact that it had on him um, from a young age, from from 12 years old. We know that exposure starts very young oftentimes. The average age, John, is between 9 and 11 years old. I believe that. And half of those are accidental exposures. So it's um, it's something that really affects a lot of men and women and starts at a young age, as we're hearing from Bill. Yeah, Bill, tell us a little bit about now. Um, it's been quite a journey for you, and it's ongoing. Tell us some of the uh, resources, some of the, the support that you've had, and tell us about how you're moving forward on your journey. Well, uh, I was in a big city in Texas, and after the divorce and everything, and had a good job and everything, but my life was in shambles personally. So I took a big step and moved to Dallas and got associated with a community of people there that were peace and justice people. And also connected with, uh, you know, who Dorothy Day is Mm -hmm. and the Catholic Worker Movement. And so I got involved with Catholic Worker people. But while I was up there, I I decided to, to, I became really, I fell in love with the Psalms from our Bible, the Psalms. And so what I started doing was I would take one Psalm a day. And, and then I would go for a, like a long, long walk and meditate on that psalm. And that's what I was doing. And, I would, and then the next day was a different psalm and a different psalm and a different psalm. And that's kind of like what my spirituality was like. So the psalms were very, very important thing for me. And the reason, the reason I, I, th- I think this is so interesting is because now my spirituality is, is um, I, I, I do the liturgy of the hours. I've kind of learned that from my son who's in the seminary, and I do the liturgy hours in the morning, and the liturgy hours really is, there's a very important segment of it that's just psalms. You know, it's the same thing that I was doing all those years ago before I was ever married to Roberta, and and we had our children together, you know. So the psalms was a very important thing to me, and I really resonate with it. And there's so many things like when I'm reading a certain psalm, you know, then I'll remember something back from 25 or 30 years ago. It's just beautiful. So the psalms are very, very important for me. And the other thing that I discovered after we had been up here for about, 
we moved here in 94. After we had been here for I don't know how many years, and I to save money, I would often take the, the bus to work, and I'd have to get there about a half hour, 45 minutes early. And there was a church that I had to go right by as a Catholic church before to get to the school that I was working at. And I, I had to go to the bathroom one time, so I went in there. And there, all these people, there was just a few people in there, and the Blessed Sacrament was exposed. And so I went to the bathroom, and I came back, and I sat down. And I just sat there, and I just felt so peaceful, so peaceful sitting there in the presence of the Blessed Sacrament. But I wasn't relating to it in that way. Really, I just thought, wow, this is really, this is serenity. I just really feel good about being in here, you know. And then I did that a good number of times in a row. And finally, I went and told my boss about it at the school I was working at. And she's not Catholic or wasn't Catholic. But, and I told her about this. You know, I stopped in this place, and it's so peaceful. And they're, you know, they're exposing the Blessed Sacrament, everything like that. And I, I just feel so peaceful there. And today, that's the important part of my, the way I deal with these things is that I, I like to do an hour of adoration. Because I'm retired now, I have the freedom kind of to do that. I like to do an hour of adoration in the morning, early in the morning. And, and just kind of, it's just kind of, we call it in a funny way, we call it, it's kind of wasting time with the Lord. Right. You know, because you don't have any rules you have to follow or anything right. like you just kind of be there. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. And I, I, I went this morning and I went to the, uh, the cathedrals. You know, I have the code to get in now. I can go in there at four in the morning if I want, you know, and if I need to, you know, to be there in the presence of the Lord. And that's, that's been really so important for me. A great way to start yeah. the day. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, uh, so spiritually speaking, uh, there, there's, it sounds like the Psalms and, and adoration have really helped you on the journey to freedom. How about some of the, you know, more practical safeguards that you've put in place to help yourself? Okay, I didn't bring it in here, but I, I, only, ha- I only have a flip phone now. And the reason I have a flip phone is because you can't use it. It doesn't work for pornography. Flip right. phones just don't work. You know, if you're, if you're into pornography, that's, that's a loser. You don't, it doesn't work. Right. And, but there's, an, there's another smarter phone now that my son was telling me about, something like Light or something like that. I don't know. what I can't remember what it's called. And then there's the systems that you can use. But if yeah, you're, like Covenant Eyes, right, which has yeah, accountability that, software. Mm-hmm. Right, and then you have somebody that you talk to. If you're and that person gets your printouts, what you're doing, isn't yep. that how it works? Yeah. Yep. yep. So you put it on your phones or computers or other devices, and it's uh, screen accountability. So it'll take images and send them to an accountability partner of your choosing, and uh, you'll, your partner will receive that report. You can set it up daily or every three days, weekly, whatever. Um, and it's an opportunity then for your partner to check in on you and and just build that accountability. And I'm in Millennium, man. That's a group of. We, we support each other and help each other. And a number of guys have the same thing. They have those systems and, they, and that's how that helps them with their, with their sobriety from pornography. You know? right. Tell us a little bit more about that group. It's very, very, is that local? That's interesting. Yeah, but I'm not supposed to say where it is. Or I was talking to, the, I was talking to Joyce before I came in here and I was wondering <laughs> about uh, that if people are interested in this, they want to find out more about it. Uh, there's a counselor, Vida. Uh, Vida Counseling. Vida. Jeff Bates. Jeff Bates. Jeff, yep. Bates, yes. Jeff He's, he works with a number of us, you know, and then there's, uh, I guess there's B, you know, I don't, I don't know, but, and making contact, but it, it really helps to have contact with other people who are dealing with the same thing and you support each other and, you know, it, it's a, usually a weekly meeting, that right. kind of a deal. Especially in times of weakness, I would imagine. Right, and you get on the phone, you know, you get on the phone and you talk and there's different ways of doing it and, uh, 
I I I do a, a real circuit breaker for those kind of activities is to kneel down wherever you are. Mm-hmm. And I, how am I going to kneel down if I'm there? Well, you have some coins and you drop them on the floor and you have to kneel down and get your coins. And then when you're kneeling down, you say a prayer. You know, say, uh oh, I cut off. Nope, you're no, good. you're good. You're good. Oh, you you know, I said Jesus. You know, you say a prayer, you know, Jesus, please help me with this situation. And, and that, a little prayer I like to say is, in the name of Jesus Christ, lustful thoughts get out of my head. Yeah. And instead put their thoughts of my, my wife, my children, and my grandfamily. And that's a little prayer that I like to say. And I've, sometimes I do it, and when I go to bed at night, I do it with a rosary. I, I, say, I say a rosary until I go to sleep. I'm lying there in bed. Because that was a big bad time for me, because, you know, you're going to sleep. And yeah. Oh yeah. So I I have I keep a rosary with me while I go to sleep at night. Yeah, you Bill, know. I think you bring up a good point about device. You know, if you can't protect your device, you shouldn't have it. So I commend you for mm-hmm. you know just taking up the flip phone. And I think a lot of those who are struggling can can learn a lot from what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, you have to remove the near occasion of sin, and if the phone is a near occasion of sin. You either got to protect it with Covenant Eyes or some other accountability software, or you have to remove it altogether. Yeah. <clears throat> you know, one one other thing I was just curious about, um, because I think this is this shows a sign of hope. Since you began the journey to where you are now, how many years has it been? Oh, it's, it's I'm uh, twelve years old, and uh, well, that was nineteen fifty six. So. 56 from, that's... Uh, so about 60 some years. 60. No, wait a minute. 56 from 100 is what? 46. 44. 44, 44 and mm-hmm. then add 21 to that. Yeah, so 65 years. Right. Um, yeah, and so... So it is, it's, if you're listening out there and, and you're struggling or you have struggled with this, you know, it, it's a journey. It's it doesn't It doesn't get better right away. And it is something that... You know, we need to continue to work on day after day, making those right choices, choosing the good. And no more secrets. Don't keep secrets. And no more secrets. That's right. Exactly. So, um, and if you are struggling, you know, there is help out there. Covenant Eyes has a lot of great resources um, and accountability software, as we were talking about, as Bill was talking about. I knew Millennium Men use Covenant Eyes accountability software mm-hmm. as one of the resources, um, which is really big. Bill, thanks so much for being with us this morning. My pleasure. I have to ask you, though, what, do you have a favorite psalm? What? Do you have a favorite psalm? Well, I like 27. 27, okay. And, and uh, well, anyway, I, I really, check out, check out Psalm 27. Psalm 27. <laughs> awesome. Well, thanks so much, Bill. We, we really appreciate you sharing your story. Thanks, Bill. Okay. My pleasure. All right, we're off to the break. But when we come back, we're going to be talking about donuts. I like donuts. Do you like donuts, John? I like donuts. I could talk about donuts every half hour, every second. <laughs> All right, we'll tell you why we're talking about donuts when we return on Real Presence Live. Mm-hmm. 